Hello and welcome to another episode of Theme Park Sandbox. My name is Aaron. My name is Drew. And today we're introducing a new segment called Standby Q. Come stand in line with us for our favorite rides while we discuss everything new in the parks, from Magic Band Plus to the price of a Disney Diet Coke. Drew, first of all, how you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to get into the segment. Yeah, I was really excited to start this this new concept where we're not necessarily coming up with a new idea, but we're talking about what's the latest happening in the parks. And one very big thing that's happening that has happened forever and will probably happen as long as time is price increases. So we will get to talking about that in a little bit. But Drew, there's something else I know you wanted to bring up that was actually a prediction of ours. That's right. Yeah. So... Magic bands. Magic bands. <laughs> if you guys watch D23, I'm sure you guys were just as confused as Aaron and I were because we all knew magic bands were happening, right? Magic Band Plus was coming to Anaheim. They had already set up the Bounty Hunter game in Batu, and they yeah. I feel like that was a softball for Disney. Like it was a pretty easy like you know, everyone would start clapping and cheering, but instead they gave us this like strain. They basically did our our show. They really did. And I hope that we can get into talking about that maybe in another episode. But the end of the Disney Parks panel on that whole, what if it was this? What if it was that? What are we imagining is on the other side of Thunder Mountain? What could be? That's just Theme Park Sandbox, baby. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's, that's just Blue Sky. That's just what, that's what we, we do. do for fun. Totally, totally. <laughs> But anyway, bringing it back around to Magic Band. So I, I don't, I have mixed feelings on Magic Bands. I know, obviously, you guys over on the East Coast, you use them almost exclusively. Well, you use your Apple Watch, right? So you don't even, do you even own a Magic Band? I do. I, I actually have like one in my, in my like center console in my car, and then I think <laughs> I have one in like a sock drawer. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't really use them, although I use the functionality all the time through the, the Apple Watch, which I really like. Mainly, it's nice for entry at the gates, which is really cool. Yeah. Can set up payment there, although I've got Apple Pay set up on the watch and my phone anyways, so that's kind of fine. The other nice one would be access to your hotel room. Your Magic Band acts as a key, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool. I mean, like, it's a one-stop shop, and it makes it really easy to spend money. So instead of pulling out the credit card and realizing how many times you pull out a credit card, you can just tap your little magic band, and it automatically mm -hmm. charges the card that's in the account. So it's it's really genius, that's and right. it doubles as, you know, I know some of you probably don't want to hear this, but it doubles as a tracking device, basically. So Disney can, well, not that they don't do that already with your phone using the app, but Disney can essentially see what the trends are. You know, once you enter the park during mm -hmm. what time, where do you go? What are you doing? I think it's it's neat. Like, I hope that we get a little bit more functionality out of them. I don't think I'm willing to pay the price just yet because they're pretty expensive for the Magic Band Plus. Yeah, I guess all the features we just described are from the original Magic Band uh, mm -hmm. that has been around for a while. And the Magic Band Plus does add some more interactive capabilities. The ones I know of from... The Disney World 50th is the the statues that will give you like a little musical cue or like a little um, bit of dialogue from whatever that statue is from. Like you hear R2-D2 bleep and bloop and you hear like the journey into imagination with figment when you find the figment one. And so there's some cool stuff like that. I'm not sure what they have cooked up for Anaheim for that, if they're going to put up a bunch of statues for another anniversary or if there's some other interactive stuff that's not the Bounty Hunters game. 
that would be the plus part of the Magic Band Plus that hopefully uh, comes about soon. There's yeah. like a little bit of lighting and some like cool effect on the Magic Band Plus as well that you didn't have in the older versions. Uh, one big downside that I see is that they have to be recharged by USB. Yeah. Like every every day. You know, every day that you'd go in, you have to like charge that thing up the night before. Whereas the Magic Band that I have, I think I've had for four years. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's, it's just like pretty much permanently good. I think it runs on a watch battery and will last for, you know, quite a long time. Well, hopefully, hopefully when they kind of debut, it's going to happen in seven days for Magic Key holders, apparently. But uh, in seven days, you'll be able to buy a Magic Band Plus and hopefully their unveil will go a little bit smoother. I was watching the first day for a lot of Florida vloggers and they would, they got their Magic Bands and they weren't charged. So yeah, <laughs> that, kind the, of a blunder. The theory behind that was that they just got a bunch of batches, you know, and, and big pallets. And if you got one of the one of the um, one of the devices from the first batch that sat in a warehouse for thirty days or sixty days, that thing was probably near to empty. So that just lets them sell a bunch of rechargeable batteries, some USB <laughs> packs in the park. That's right. Nothing wrong with that. Totally. But they are supposed to come fully charged, and I am hopeful hopeful that Disney figured out that that was a glitch in the system because they have addressed it here. No one's getting a, a discharged Magic Band Plus anymore. Yeah. But yeah, those early ones, it was a little rough. I think I think where I see it kind of making Disney the most amount of money is with maybe the non-pass holders. I feel like pass holders these days have gotten really good. Like, finally, it's only taken a year, but we've gotten really good at using our phone app mm -hmm. for the majority of the functions that we need. And like, you know, the app has a lot of functions that I don't use. So I only, I know how to order food. I know how to get to my tickets quickly. Everything else um, is just kind of fluff that I don't really use. So I, I just don't see... Besides like Disney fanboys who just want to buy everything that's new, I don't see myself buying this Magic Band Plus immediately until I start seeing some really, really cool things that I can't do with other devices. It would be a good memento that also combines as like a nice in-park tool for a hotel guest, certainly someone traveling, because you have the hotel perks, because you have that sort of like, I want to be in vacation brain and just pay and not think about stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think you're exactly right that unless it's a a local pass holder who has to buy every piece of merchandise, I don't think it will be something that is used very practically by the locals at Anaheim. Yeah, it truly is kind of a, we don't want you pulling out your credit card. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just tap your wrist. We'd like a little more everything. tracking. Right, exactly, exactly. Which kind of leads us to, I don't know, I guess you would say the theme of today's episode, which is money. Yes, money. Or rather, price increases. Yes, we've got some price increases. This shouldn't come as a big surprise to anybody. And frankly, like compared to some of the, the ones in recent history, this one wasn't that bad. It wasn't. Uh, I mean, it's it's especially in light of I've heard of so many businesses, companies, uh, that are adding in, 
you know, they have to add in more into their price because logistics changes with COVID and the price of labor is going up and inflation. Now, I am not interested in having a financial talk on a podcast that's about roller coasters fundamentally. Me but neither. <laughs> but it's important to bring up that backdrop just to say like, hey, Disney is increasing its prices a lot. It happens, you know, probably yearly. Uh, and this might be one of the most justified times that it's happened. So let's talk about it. Yeah. The the first thing that that of course happened is ticket prices went up. Uh, it seemed like the Disneyland tickets went up by an average of about $10, something right. like that. Um, the Disney World tickets had already gone up in price, so they didn't go through this round. They had already kind of gotten theirs um, at another time. But that brings the one day, one park Disneyland ticket, or I guess DCA ticket if you prefer, uh, the highest price would be $179 for one person, one day, one park. Wow. That's crazy. We've been going to these parks for a long time. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> That's true. And and like maybe the sticker shock for me is just because when was the last time I bought a ticket? I've had an annual pass this whole yeah. time, right? So like yeah. we don't we don't see it in those in those values. We see it as a yearly thing. And as, as long as we go, you know, fairly often, right, it's worth it. But I mean, is it? You get your value out of it. You get, get the money's worth. Totally. Totally. But $10, yeah. I think probably for me, the weirdest thing about this price increase was that it didn't happen in February. Like it happened right before the busiest time of year for them, which I think was definitely strategic. Oh, of like course. normally we see these increases in February and they're a little bit bigger. So I'm guessing what they're probably doing is they're trying to kind of spread it out maybe and like get the price increase before the end of this year. And then also we'll probably see another price increase in February. It'll definitely spruce up their uh, their yearly numbers like at the end of or Well, let me think, because their Q1, the Disney Q1 is October 1st. So they're doing it at the very beginning of a year to try and get the maximum out of their whole fiscal goal. Right. So that that might that might be a, a big part of it in their timing. So, yeah, the other uh, the other sort of predictable price increase came to genie plus i mean i think every every like semi cognizant fan of disney knows that the genie plus is kind of just a another way to extract money out of guests right because it's a service that used to be free it was free for a very long time a very long time genie plus increased a little bit i think it was like for the most in demand e-ticket type things it might have gone up by like five bucks a, a person uh, not that that's insignificant when you factor in families of four plus people, and that's one ride, five dollars times four is twenty bucks extra. That's just an increase on top of the maybe eighty that you would have spent last month. And I think a big difference for me too is like everybody who has used Genie Plus and Lightning Lane in the in the parks now know that if you want to get things done, if you want to go on lots of attractions, go to lots of shows you know that the only way to do it is to spend the money on Genie Plus, which is kind of tough. Like it's mm -hmm. it's almost like they've made standby uh, a, a little bit more <laughs> unpleasant. Yes. Like the waits are a little bit longer. And then they, I don't know if, if you've noticed it, but like, I don't think they hide the fast pass queues like they used to. Almost as like, uh, hey, you, that, you could be in that line too. You just got to pay $25 a person, you know? 
as they go by. You, you know, I hadn't thought about that. I think, yeah, they're, they're advertising it in the way that they're doing queue design. Right. That's, <laughs> that's kind of hilarious and rather nefarious. Yeah. I didn't mean to rhyme that. <laughs> Our last like big price increase. Thankfully, no change in self parking costs, but preferred parking went up by 10%. And VIP parking went up by a whopping 30%. Wow. So they are looking for more cash at the parking garages. I mean, their parking garages are, are very large. And uh, it's expensive to build up. So when you go to Disney Springs over on the East Coast where you are, Aaron, mm-hmm. Disney Springs parking is currently free if I... Yes. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Do you see a world where... It's 10 bucks, you know, or it's you spend a certain amount of dollars and you have to validate parking in the near future. I really hope not, but it's, I mean, anything's possible. Downtown Disney is. Downtown Disney is also in such proximity to the parks that I think if they didn't do this, I'll give you uh, an example. Uh, City Walk parking is right next to the Universal Parks. So you don't park in a different place for City Walk shopping than you would for theme park access. I think that Downtown Disney is very much the same where people would readily park at Downtown Disney to spend a day at the parks. So you can't really get away with giving that out for free right. unless you do what Universal does, which is at 6 or 7 p.m. or whatever it happens to be on the given day, they stop charging because if you're going to the parks by now, I mean, you're going to get, you know, in line for one thing and that'd be your day. And then you're going to go and try and spend money elsewhere. So let's try and encourage people to come in late at night. That also means that they're more evening entertainment, whether that's like the, the couple of clubs, if it's uh, any of the venues or just dinner is more accessible and more attractive. Right. So I don't see that coming to Disney Springs uh, because it's it's far enough away from the Disney Park access that it's kind of like insulated. It's sort of its own deal. Yeah. Okay. I, I just figured I'd ask because, you know, that would be a real shame because I, I wonder how many people would go less to Disney Springs. And it's such a big place that I almost feel like they need to fill it, right? Like in order to get that vibe and that ambiance that you get when you're there. Yeah. So if they were to start charging for parking, it would be dead. It is kind of like a secret extra theme park gate in a way. There's no there's no like traditional attractions, how you normally think of a theme park attraction. Mm -hmm. But there are tons of attractions and interesting things to do that you really can't only do there. Uh, The hot air balloon and the amphibious car come immediately to mind. But there's tons of other neat things. There's even photo opportunities that are pretty fantastic. And well, and Gideon's and Jock Lindsay's, those are, you can, you can argue that those are experiences in themselves, you know, maybe a little bit closer to like a themed restaurant. Yeah. It's on par with like a, a, like a Trader Sam's or any of the other like nicely themed, even uh, like be our guest or something like that. I would say it's, it's on par with those sorts of um, levels of detail and like levels of interest. And certainly the food quality is, is great too. Totally. You get the Disney quality in the, in those locations. No, some of my favorite restaurants to visit in Florida are in Disney Springs. So you are definitely not wrong there. Yeah. It's funny you brought up City Walk. actually. Have we heard of any price increases for other theme parks? Not like significant ones. There have been mild ones that kind of happen, but they're not on the seasonalized basis or the sort of like recurring annualized basis that Disney has, 
shown. Yeah. Um, and if anything, you know, the, the big one that comes to mind in the last, I forget, maybe two months was Six Flags. Six Flags announced kind of like a price increase and uh, a whole plan of attack with their new CEO where they're going to have more, they want more families, but they're not adding more family attractions. They're going to add more roller coasters. It's, it's a crazy (laughs) thing that I don't, I don't understand the rationale behind. And truthfully, I, I kind of like read some article titles and listened to one video in the background and was like, wow, those guys are, those guys are just looking for bankruptcy. Yeah, how how does that that doesn't compute? That doesn't make any sense. It's absolutely crazy. It's a brand new CEO that I don't think uh, has any <laughs> has no proper experience to do what he's doing. And uh, like I said, they are seeking out bankruptcy. It it appears it's like they are just digging into the earth to bury themselves. Yikes! That's the big price increase that caused like commotion in the in the theme park community in the last you know recent memory. I think. Oh man, I think Knott's Berry Farm over here on the West Coast did raise their prices for their passes. I don't know the exact number, but I do know that one perk that they added, by the way, Knott's Berry Farm, since Disney wasn't open uh, or wasn't selling, isn't selling passes apparently, right? Um, Over here on the West Coast, I think Knott's Berry Farm has been killing it. They've already gotten like huge, huge remodel projects that I feel like have, they've been putting off for years. And they got new restaurants and like, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing Knott's Berry Farm spend that money to make their park just a little bit nicer. Well, the big, the big upgrade that they've got upcoming is Fiesta Village, isn't it? That's yeah. the like the next big project. And they're doing like a revamp on Montezuma's. Right. And, and then super they, cool. they got a new brew, like pizza brewery spot. And then they're, they've also been repainting Accelerator, Accelerator. So They've been doing a really great job, but like their new pass is more expensive, I think, because they they sent me a renewal letter in the mail. But Mm -hmm. um, the renewal letter said that if you buy a pass, you get one day to bring a friend, which I thought was a really cool thing. You know, like it reminds me of the old days when Disney would say, like, come on your birthday and you can bring a friend or you get in for free on your birthday. And then obviously you'd bring somebody and they would sell a ticket. Mm -hmm. Kind of kind of cool to see Knott's Berry Farm step it up a little bit. I love that little park. Speaking of Knott's Berry Farm and their passes, I went ahead and did a little research, Drew, and I thought that I would pop a little quiz on you. Okay. The questions in this quiz will be <laughs> about the annual pass prices. Uh, and actually, we can start with Knott's Berry Farm, but it's going to be the high end, so like the absolute cream of the crop okay. pass, and then the low end, uh, like the entry level, most basic pass for uh for the major parks in Southern California. So I went ahead and looked at Knott's, Universal Hollywood, okay. SeaWorld, or and Disneyland. This sounds fun. Okay, so like are we talking like so Knott's Berry Farm, for example, they've got their pass, but then they also have like the add-on for the meal plan and parking and are we talking like this is all of the main stuff or just the price of their highest pass alone? This will just be the highest price of their pass. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I, I didn't go into include anything about like prepaying for meals and anything like that. Although I would love to get into that stuff because I know you've got strong opinions on on the meal plans there. I do. Honestly, I, I sleep on theme park meal plans. I think that they're great. I just never end up never end up taking full advantage of them. All right. So I'm excited to hear what you got. First, we've got Knott's Berry Farm. So we can start with the entry level. What is the entry level annual pass price for Knott's Berry Farm? Okay, so oof, 
I'm guessing it's changed since the last time I saw the price. Uh, for years, I feel like the price was $99. So um, obviously, they're going to have to pay for some of these new projects. I'm going to guess the new pass price is $120. $20 increase? Very close. It is $130. $130. Wow. Okay. What a value. And that increase. That includes unlimited visits to Knott's Berry Farm. Well, if you're renewing, you get a a free bring a friend ticket. So that's still in there. Okay. Wow. You can pay monthly. It's $7 a month. <laughs> I pay more for YouTube premium and Netflix. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah. So for $7 a month, go to Knott's Berry Farm as much as you want. Wow. Uh, you pay 50 bucks up front, $7 a month. Uh, if you're renewing, so I guess this would be like in your in your year two. Which I will be doing. You can get that bring a friend ticket as well. So you can bring me. Well, deal. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for telling me about this value. That's, that's crazy. Wow. So $130. So that is the, the entry level. That's the lowest for, for a fun comparison. Remember that like the most expensive day, single day at Disney, one day, one park for one person, $50 more than the pass for the year. That is so crazy. Okay. This is, this is a great, I'm liking this game. Okay. So now do I have to guess the, the highest price? The highest pass. So this is the uh, the 2023 Platinum Pass. Okay, so Platinum... You do not get free parking in the Basic Pass. I do want to like make mention of okay. some of the other perks. You don't get free parking, but in the Platinum Pass, you do get free parking. Okay, so that that immediately, to me, adds like 80 bucks. <laughs> That's what I'm guessing. Something like that. Yep, yep, um, sure. And mm-hmm. let's see here. So I, if I remember correctly, Knott's is owned by Cedar Fair. That's right. And I'm pretty sure if you buy like the Platinum Pass, you get access to like all the Cedar Fair parks and like water parks or something like Soak City, if I remember correctly. So mm-hmm. if it's including that, I'm going to mm-hmm. guess I'm going to guess three hundred and twenty nine dollars. Three twenty nine. We are actually overshooting, Drew. It is two fifty. No way. That is so crazy. So let's let's look at this for two hundred and fifty dollars. You're getting unlimited visits at Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, you get that same bring a friend ticket. Uh, you're getting 10% off food and merchandise. You get discounts on additional bring a friend tickets. You get unlimited access to Knott's Soak City, the water park. And then this is the big one. Unlimited visits to all Cedar Fair parks. All of them. Which I've never been to, if if I'm honest. I I don't travel to other states just to go to Cedar Fair parks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you get and then you get the uh the much sought after free parking. Wow. I think that is wild value. That is insane value. Yeah, that's 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 absolutely nuts. That's amazing. Next would be SeaWorld or Universal. And I think we'll end with with Disney just in terms of how we know the pricing is going to go. But do you want to do SeaWorld or Universal next? Let's do SeaWorld cuz I think it's going to be cheaper than Universal. That's that's my guess. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe they have to deal with animals, so that could be more expensive. But um, okay. So, you want me to guess? Yeah. So let's go with the Sea World entry level. This is a SoCal pass. I think it's for residents only, although it doesn't specify. But it's called the SoCal pass. Okay. Gotcha. Um, let's see. Sea World has some pretty. They've gotten some new rides lately. They've got some new coasters and like exhibits. However. I don't think those are enough to get people to get a pass. I'm going to guess 
59 for their bottom pass. All right. All right. Uh, their entry-level pass is 120. 120. Uh, so blockout dates do apply, but uh, for for the 12-month pass with some blockout dates, you get 50% off parking. Uh, you get a discounted uh, Hallow Scream, their Halloween event. And it says that it's only available for a limited time, so it might go away. So I guess like the extra bump up in case that one were to go away, or let's say you aren't a SoCal resident, if that's a requirement. The Silver Pass is the uh, is only thirty dollars more. It's one hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. No blockout dates. So I was closer to that one. Yeah. So this one is great. There's one hundred fifty dollars. No blockout dates. Free parking. Two free guest tickets and 20% discount on in-park offerings. Two free guest tickets? Wow. Yep. Wow. So that is pretty awesome. It looks like, I mean, they like go into crazy detail here about what what all is there. Uh, You get access to the entire park, whether it's the wet or the dry sections. There's an add-on for Sesame Place. So you might have to school me on that. I guess there's a Sesame Street part that is an extra cost that like is that park. is new uh, to me i haven't been to SeaWorld in a okay. while but this this might be a good a fun reason to go yeah yeah it's it's really compelling for 150 dollars. all right so that's the like that's the like entry level for the average person who may not be a socal resident but okay. i feel like even as a socal resident you should spring for that one yeah i mean it's for far, 30 dollars. you're getting two free tickets and free parking that's true that's true but it is far from me it's a it's an hour and a half away from totally from me so yeah. that's a bit of a trek but then again so is universal yeah. and i go there pretty often so that's true i have to try it that's true all right so that's the uh that's the sea world like lower level passes let's go to the upper level passes so this is the sea world platinum pass okay what do you think you get first the sea world platinum pa- or what what price are you looking at I mean, okay, first question, does it work on both coasts? Like, mm-hmm. it, it does. It works on Florida and California? It does. And, uh, and Texas so, or something, right? Don't they have another <laughs> one This is Texas? maybe a little bit of a spoiler here. Yeah, it's unlimited access for 12 months to 11 SeaWorld locations, or 11 parks. I don't think they're all SeaWorld. Uh, I think it works at Busch Gardens and some others as well. But it works in 11 parks in Virginia, Florida, California, Texas, and Pennsylvania. Wow. Holy, mo- I forgot that is- that uh, that Bush Gardens is kind of under the same umbrella. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, if that's the case, I'm gonna say three hundred and forty bucks. Ooh, that might be a little okay. low. That might be a little low. Okay. Final answer. Final answer. All right, it is two hundred and seventy dollars, and I didn't even get into all the perks. No way. So you do get access. To 11 theme park locations across the country, you get what's called free up-close parking. I'm guessing that's like a VIP or valet, essentially, parking. parking. Yeah. Yeah, preferred. You get six free guest tickets. Six? Yep, six. Wow. And then you get up to 50% discount on in-park offerings. Wild. One thing that the SeaWorld website does that is partly brilliant and uh, also very nerdy is they actually specify, uh, and I'll send you a picture of this so you can check it out. They actually specify the sort of monetary value of their passes, and they value the the monetary like benefits 
of the Platinum Pass at nearly $2,000, $1,960 for the value of that pass that you're paying $270 for. They're begging you to come and see Shamu. Totally. It, that's kind of funny that the way they put it that like that reminds me of those old coupon books where it's like you can save up to $15,000 in savings by that's using right. this $20 <laughs> <Pretty> book. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. Great. That's kind of cool though. I will say if you're going to take advantage of it, it speaks to like the, I don't know, financial planner within me of like, oh, well, if I really want to maximize my dollar value in entertainment, go to SeaWorld, of course. You can, Yeah, the famous, this famous Jim Gaffigan quote that I always say is, well, I don't want to lose money on this deal. You got to spend money to make money. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Wow, that's crazy. That value is amazing. That, that's surprisingly low for what you get. I'm I'm shocked. It really is. I feel like six tickets alone to any park is is more than that, right? It's got to be. It absolutely is. Uh, six tickets to get in. I didn't even look at what the daily cost was, but yeah, six free tickets, and then you can go to any SeaWorld Bush Garden. Like yeah, it's they're they're begging you to come and buy some beer and do some hella scream or something. Right. I don't know where they're making their money in there, but uh, it's got to be on merchandise. Well, for you, it makes more sense because you've got two, you've got uh, Bush Gardens as well as SeaWorld over there. And your SeaWorld has like one of the tallest coasters in Florida, if I remember correctly, right? Yes. And uh, Bush Gardens just opened a crazy new hybrid coaster as well, which I've ridden and is absolutely insane. Wow. One of the most violent uh, over-the-top rides I've ever been on. Yeah, people think Six Flags is where it's at. No, it's Bush Gardens, man. They got crazy rides. Iron Gwazi. Yeah. Ooh, 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 next ooh. time, next time I'm there, we're gonna have to we're, we'll do a visit because I I really wanna I, I want to go and experience those coasters. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Cool. Okay. And it's not that far from me. It's like maybe 45 minutes. It's not too bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I've traveled mm-hmm. further. Well, I mean, every time I go to Universal, I gotta I gotta go through LA traffic, and that is. You got to really want it. Maybe San Diego, it might be a further distance, but it might be shorter time in the car. It's true. It's true. And then you get to hang out in San Diego afterwards, which is lovely. That is a a tremendous upgrade from hanging out in most spots in L.A. Sorry, L.A. friends. Yeah. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Although they know. They know. (laughs) All right. Next will be the uh, annual pass prices for Universal. So okay. uh, we've got the entry-level Universal Pass. What's your guess here? I would say Universal's got to be more expensive. I, I've, I'm willing to bet it's a, they're building a third theme park in Florida. Over in Hollywood, they've got the big Super Nintendo project going that they have to pay for. I'm going to say it's 250 bucks for their cheapest pass. That's my guess. All right. All right. So when I went on to look up the prices, mm-hmm. there's actually a $10 discount to purchase passes online. So I'm going to include the $10 discount here. Okay. The California Neighbor Pass. Sorry, what was the price you said? I said 250. 250? Okay. The California Neighbor Pass, uh which you have to pay for in full, you can't pay monthly, is 179 with that online purchase. Wow. The interesting thing about this, so I'm going to kind of disqualify it is it's not an annual pass it is only valid for nine months oh that is not an annual what that i wonder so you are you missing summer is what i'm guessing summer and like winter i don't know well so it's a nine month duration from the start of your start of your when you buy it so i don't think it's that it misses one or the other if you time it right you could probably get a little of summer and a little of winter so here's what you should do the true cost would be to add 30% to that price, right? 
Because that would equal mm-hmm. like an annual pass, right? Yeah. So I was going to say the real entry level price for an annual pass uh, is the silver level pass, which is a 12 month pass where you can enter the park over 275 dates. So there's blockout dates, but mm-hmm. you get most of the year. That one is 219. So you're pretty close there. Okay. But I just thought it was wild that there's an entry level pass that's not even an annual pass. I had never heard of that before. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out like what because would you renew after the nine months and then it just is another nine months? Is it just simply a way for them to to showcase that the pass is cheaper or more affordable? And then you just kind of don't guess. realize it's nine months rather than 12. That's really confusing to me. I mean, I'll, I'll do a little math here for the one hundred and seventy nine dollar neighbor pass. Mm-hmm. If you were to get two of those like back to back, meaning you have 18 months of access, it's like three hundred and fifty eight dollars. If you were I know you can't buy a half a pass, but I'm just doing this for for sake of the math and for sake of just analysis. Mm hmm. If you were to do one and a half passes on the silver pass, which is essentially the same thing, right? 18 months yep. of access to Universal. It costs 30 bucks less. <laughs> it's like 328 instead of 358. It's, I, I can't figure out the rationalization other than that it's just a budgetary thing. Or maybe it's somebody who's like, well, I'm not going to buy like a two day or a three day ticket when I can just get this thing. Right. Or, or it's like, like, hey, executives really want to see a pass that is not in the twos. We want to see something that's in the ones Mm -hmm. just to make it look more affordable. Here's what we did. It's like a summer break pass. If you go to college out of state, (laughs) it's true. Yeah. I live, I live in LA or I live somewhere near LA, but I go to school at like ASU or I go to school on the East coast or something, but I want to want to have something to do at, at the theme park in the summer. I don't know. That's the best I can come up with. <laughs> How funny. So anyway, that is that is the entry level, however you want to shake that out. Okay. But a little bit less than than you thought if you're talking Silver Pass, mm-hmm. $219. Now let's talk the Platinum Pass. I think all of them have been called Platinum. Yeah. Well, like everyone wants to be Platinum. Until the last company, which is... Until the, we'll get until into the that. mouse. Yeah, exactly. All righty. So we've got the Platinum Universal Pass... Is, is that the one that you have, by the way? That is the one that I did have. So actually, um, it expired on me. So I have, to, I have to get a new pass. But, you know, I've just been so busy. I haven't had time to, to make it up to Universal. You know, my old job that I used to have, I used to have Wednesdays off. So I would, I would just randomly go up on a Wednesday, not have to deal with traffic, enjoy the parks and come home. But nice. now it's a little bit more difficult. So I haven't renewed yet. But I'm interested because I don't remember how much I paid. Uh, for for the platinum pass, so okay, we'll see. You probably paid monthly, so you paid an upfront thing, and then it just came out of your your bank account monthly. Totally, you know? totally. You know, we've got the the normal the normal sort of bag of goodies, which is for Universal anyway. No blackout dates, twelve month validity, in park discounts on food and drink and merch. The Universal thing that's really cool on the top level pass is the Express Pass after 3 p.m. Yes. So you can enjoy the fast lane with your your pass alone. You don't have to pay extra for that. And the uh, comped night of uh, Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, that's that's a really cool. I forgot about the after 3 p.m. thing. You know, I've never used it because to me, 
Universal Studios, if you do it properly, you show up in the morning. On a Wednesday. On a, <laughs> That's right. On a Wednesday. And even if you stop to get breakfast at Three Broomsticks, which is by far my favorite breakfast in any theme park, you still have time to get down to the lower lot, do every single attraction, including the 45-minute tram tour. And you're out by like one. Like I'm never hanging around mm-hmm. past past two when I'm at Universal Studios Hollywood. In Florida, totally different story. You don't have enough time. Totally different. Ever. But um, over here, in, because we're an actual working you know, studio for filming, um, it's a pretty small, petite little park. Um, and I don't even think Nintendo World is going to really keep people there that much longer. I don't think past opening couple of months, it, I don't think it really will extend the day by that much. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, the, the price of land in L.A. is not cheap. It's, you'd right. be hard-pressed to find more expensive land where they've built a theme park anywhere than in Hollywood. I'm wondering, I'm wondering when that golf course that's next to them is finally going to give up the land and sell it to Universal. That would be mm. epic. That would be such a cool theme park expansion. The epic universe in Hollywood. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay, so for, back, back to what we're talking about. So price. Platinum annual pass. I have a really, I have a really random number that popped into my head. That's just kind of like a gut answer. Um, I don't know why, right. but I'm going to say three hundred and forty-five. Price is right. Let's go. Three forty-five. Three forty-five. That's my number. Okay. We're actually pretty shy there. So you, uh, you'd be looking at five forty-nine for the platinum pass with that ten dollar for buying online, but the gold pass, which has, uh. A, I don't know, like 40 block out dates and most of the perks, but you don't have express and you don't have horror nights is 300 bucks. Wow. Five, five forty. Okay. So that's a huge jump from five forty nine. What was it? One eighty to five forty nine. That's a huge jump. Yeah. Wow. It is a big spread. The express pass can be extremely expensive on busy days. That's a good point. I know that you may not use it by focusing mostly on weekends, I've definitely used it out here, and it is invaluable. It's amazing. Totally. Uh, and then a Horror Nights ticket's almost 100 bucks alone. So, like, I feel like you're almost getting your value just in, like, if you went to Horror Nights and went to Universal on one weekend and used Express, the value was there in terms of, like, why you upgraded. I think it kind of, like, tracks. I think that the math tracks that there's there's some good value to be had. That's there. a good point. And now that you mention that, I feel like I might have had the gold pass because that one seems the most attractive to me because I was going on Wednesdays. So... And if you aren't going to Horror Nights and... Which I didn't. And if your wife doesn't have a pass, then yeah, no big deal. Yeah, it was just You me. don't need to go on the, yeah, on the, like, 40 days that it's blocked out, probably a handful of weekends in the summer and uh, winter break and that, okay, whatever. Well, gold, gold sounds like a really good value at 300 bucks, if I'm honest. Like, that sounds... I agree. Y- there's a lot of entertainment value at Universal Studios. But, yeah, th- 300 That Maybe that's the one that I'll just upgrade to or or renew. There you go. You know, gold. I'm glad I saved you some money. Thank you, Aaron. That's that's why we do this, <laughs> you know. That's why we do this. That's why we we're, go to theme we're parks. We're in this for saving money. Yeah, but that's why we go that's to right. theme parks, to save money, you know. I don't want to lose money. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I think this is the one that you've been waiting for and everyone's been waiting for. Yes. Uh, And if you've been playing along with us, this is definitely going to be, this is definitely going to be maybe the, uh, the upper end of that spectrum. I would love to hear everybody's responses, like to see which one was kind of the biggest shock for them. So 
if you're watching this on YouTube, please comment and yeah. let us know which one was the biggest shock. Because I'm I'm kind of shocked for most of them. It's crazy. So the funny thing about looking up the annual pass prices for Disney, uh, the Magic Key prices, it, they were hard to find. Right. Because I went to the website where I would purchase said item and uh, there are no prices listed and it says renew and then it brings me to a login page. The prices aren't listed. You got to dig deep and actually find them because they're not available. You got to dig a little deeper. Right. What's going on? <laughs> to find the prices of your pass. That's right. That's crazy. Yeah, it's unbelievable to me that l- literally all of these companies, like Knott's Berry Farm is, I don't even remember the price, but it's it's incredibly cheap. And then... $250 for the absolute cream of the crop. For the, for the best pass. And Disney won't even sell you a pass. That's That blows my mind. Yep. That blows my mind. They, yep. they literally, the people, they, they don't want you to go. Is what is what it is. So they don't want you to buy a pass. They don't want pass holders there. Right. We, we know this. We've talked about this. We've jeered at this. Right. It's true. And this is this is proof. It's just, you know, further proof. So, okay. So the cheapest pass. Yes. Cheapest pass called the Imagine Key. I, I didn't even look up how many blockout dates it has, but I'm going to assume quite a lot. I'm, I'm guessing... I'm guessing like here's what here's the crazy part, right? Universal Studios, their most expensive pass is five hundred and forty nine dollars, but it comes with this like crazy, crazy amount of perks. And Disney's, I guarantee you, is probably three hundred dollars more and has it's stripped down to like bare. So I'm guessing I'm guessing eight hundred bucks. The Imagine Key, uh, the entry price is four forty nine. Wow. What the heck am I paying? Oh my gosh! It's four four fifty for the, for the lowest pass. You must not get anything for that pass. I don't. I don't think you do. So that uh, that pass is clearly oh, sorry. For, sorry, wrong wrong name, but uh, but right price. Okay. It's the Inspire key. Inspire. But right price is four forty nine. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so that's not as bad as I thought. That's not I proof that I'm completely out of touch. <laughs> with Disney annual pass well, prices. <laughs> so so fun to compare here, like that entry level at 449 compared to the Platinum Pass of 250 at Knott's Berry Farm. Right. Now let's go off the deep end. What is the top level annual pass for Disneyland? Okay, so I have this pass and I, because I just renewed it, I know how much it costs and both my wife and I have this pass and it hurts me to even say the number, but I'm pretty sure it's $15.99 for, for one year. You are 100% correct. $15.99 per pass. That makes me feel sick inside. That's crazy. Now, now do you have blockout dates on your, on your pass? Yeah, that's the worst part is that they increase the price and I have, <laughs> and I have blackout dates. There is no... <laughs> There is not a single pass that doesn't have Was that have a mean leading dates. question yes. of me? Thank you so much for that, Aaron. <laughs> Way to just like kick me while I'm down. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the last two weeks I, or two and a half weeks or something of December around the holidays, I can't even go to the parks and I'm paying $300 more. And keep in mind, like three annual passes ago, it was like, under $1,000, and it came with max pass and discounts, and I had no blackout dates, plus free parking. So th- Those were the days. Yeah. 
those were the days. Brutal. 1599. Well, I'll, I'll compare here just a little bit with you. So I have the, not the top end pass uh, for Disney World, but I have the next to the top end pass. Uh, so the, the names are also inconsistent. They're not keys. They're called the Pixie Dust Pass, the Pirate Pass, the Sorcerer Pass, and the Increda Pass. Uh, names which mean nothing to any level of like, yep. at least with like silver, gold, platinum, like you understand the order. Uh, I don't understand why Pirate is different than Pixie Dust, is different <laughs> than Sorcerer, or the prefix Increda. So <laughs> you got <laughs> putting that frustration aside, I have the next to best one, right? Which has free parking and uh, it's got some block out dates. You can still make only so many reservations. We haven't even gotten into the fact that oh, you still need to make true. reservations. Yeah, I can't just show up whenever I want. No, no, of course not. You got to tell us when you're showing up. So my uh, next to best pass is uh, is like, I think, a thousand or eleven hundred dollars. But keep in mind, that includes four theme parks. Right. I'm paying for two. Oh, no. Yeah. This game is ruining it for me. (laughs) It hurts so much. We're all going to we're just going to shift our entire focus of the podcast to just be Knott's Berry Farm and SeaWorld. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then we can add eight people onto our show if we wanted to for the same price. That's right. That's right. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. They'll be they'll be the same level of expert that we are. Right. Oh my gosh. Wow. This is a very revealing exercise that we're playing here. (laughs) It hurts. It hurts. Wow. Okay. So at least your pass, your pass seems a little bit more worth it because of the four parks. I think that has a lot to do with, um, we've talked about this in past episodes, but it has to do with the type of guest that Disney World has versus the type of guest that Disneyland has in sort of aggregate. Disney World is much more of a tourist park, so they can give a little bit more of an incentive, a little bit more of a carrot on a stick to locals to come and enjoy. There is such crazy competition in the the surrounding zip codes of Disney World for entertainment that I think that they kind of have to play a little bit more competitive. They have to throw their elbows a little bit more. Right. That being said, they are still the most expensive game in town compared to SeaWorld Orlando, compared to the Universal Parks, even getting a two-park pass with you know all the fix-ins. You're still looking at a lower, pretty substantially lower price than your Disney. So what's with Disney? <laughs> Why are they more money? Like, are, are the rides better? Is the atmosphere better? What is it? What is that difference? Yeah, the entertainment value, is it really... Gosh, what? How many times is it more than than the Knott's Berry Farm Pass? It's it's over ten times. Is Disney ten times more entertaining than Knott's Berry Farm? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, it's like that's not what's quantifiable. You know, do you get the thrill that you get from Accelerator anywhere in Disneyland or DCA? I don't know, but I don't know that that's why necessarily people are going. And I don't think that's why people are paying the price. Right. I think that there's like this cultural cachet that going to Disney itself has value. Right. And that's, I think, a part of what you're paying for. You're paying for seeing a, a little kid's dream come true. 
Nobody's dreaming about going to Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> oh, no. I'm mean, sorry. You, I'm sorry, Knott's. You know what's crazy? I'm sorry, Beach Boulevard. <laughs> what's crazy about that, too, is a lot of people don't know this, but the original theme park is which park? It's Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah. What anniversary did it just celebrate? 100th. 100 years. It's been 100 years. Walt Disney visited the Calico Mine Ride. Mm-hmm. And met, he was one of the first people to ride it uh, with Walter yeah, Knott. and met with Walter Knott. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a very interesting history. Um, obviously, one has taken off. Part of it had to do with the fact that Walt Disney had his studios, obviously. And Walter Knott was just selling boysenberries. But, hey, but he also invented the boysenberry. He did not invent the boysenberry. He bought it. He bought it from some guy named something boysen. And then Boysen gave up on Boysenberry, which is hilarious. And then Walter Knott said, oh, I can make money off this. So anyway, that's a, that's a whole different topic for a whole different standby queue episode. But anyway, the entertainment value in Southern California, I like that it has range. You don't have to pay $1,600 to go to a theme park if you don't want to. you got tons of options. They're just different. And now we know what the past uh, value is. So, um, this, this was really educational for me and I hope it was for, for everyone listening too. Yeah. I am just fascinated at this idea that, that there can be such a broad spectrum of what fundamentally comes down to a very similar concept. And it's not as if the expenses around everyone else's operation is so much less than Disney. And it's not as if Disney is operating as you said, at a tenfold level of excellence. Right. Are they better in some facets? Yeah, sure. But you have that measured ability to say, well, we're going to we're going to do this this year, we're going to do this that other year and and have this broad range of experiences for a broad range of people. And I think that's great. I think that the access that you that you enable is really really tremendous because entertainment's for everybody. Every, everyone deserves to take their family to a theme park and be entertained and have a good time and create memories regardless of where you are. So anyway. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, this was a really fun topic. It uh, it looks like they're calling our group on for the ride now. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Oh, gosh, boarding groups. Anyway, uh, well, thanks, guys, so much for listening. Obviously, we hope that this was an entertaining episode. This is our new segment, again, called Stand By Q, where you join Aaron and I as we wait in line and have interesting conversations about everything that's happening in the theme park. So um, please send this to a friend, you know, maybe uh, tell us about the conversations that you guys have uh, when you're waiting in line at the theme parks. And if anything was a, a huge shock as far as value for you, please make sure to comment and we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.